25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, we have reached the conclusion of the blue jacket season as we all are familiar with by this point um we're all we've covered that pretty much at nauseum but one of the things that we wanted to do here on subjectively speaking here at the first part of the off season now that we're officially there we're yes. into off season content mode uh more so than than ever before i think i think our off season content's gonna be really good this season so we want to start by talking about the players that put on the Union Blue this season uh, and finished the season as Columbus Blue Jackets. So uh, we've got we, we're we're going to look back at the past a little bit. I'm usually, like I said in the, this episode that I'm referring to, um, I'm one for the future. I don't like to dwell on things, but um, earlier in the season, about the halfway mark. We recorded an episode where we took a look at all of the Blue Jackets' projected totals for the rest of the season in terms of points, all that kind of stuff, and we made our projections as to whether or not they'd be higher or lower. And um, two things I've learned. (laughs) (laughs) One, we were generous. We were generous. We were. That's for sure. Um, And uh, two, y'all are going to laugh at us quite a bit, I think, on this episode, because what we're going to do is we're going to cut um, some of the audio from those episodes, put them into this one, so that way you can hear what our thoughts were back then, and we're going to just like kind of like laugh at ourselves a little bit on the show uh, for the next few weeks. We've got these coming up for the next six weeks. Yeah, because our correctness is not great. No. Um, at least but, not, not on this one. I will say... Uh, it may get better as we go down the line. Yeah, as, uh, as we looked at and prepared for this episode, uh, 0 for 3. Yeah. All for three on this one. So we're not loving that for our journey. But uh, nevertheless, uh, we can just dive kind of right into it. The people are waiting. The people are so excited about this. At least I think. I think you all are excited. And if you're not, don't let us know because that will destroy us. So um, <laughs> it's going to destroy her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, me too. It'll also destroy me. But um what we're going to do, so here's here's what we're going to do for the rest of the offs. Nope, for the first part of the off season. Yeah, we're just going to do this until literally October. No, so what we're going to do here. It's one player a week. Yeah. <laughs> no, we I'm wouldn't, kidding. We wouldn't even get there, I don't think. Um, no. But um, we're going to take these next uh, five, six weeks. Six weeks. We have five players for each of the weeks, and we're going to talk about their season, kind of recap. Um, you know, their stats. We're going to talk about just some of the more qualitative stuff because obviously like the quantitative stuff is fine or whatever, but uh, obviously we know that there's more to the story than just the numbers. And so we'll do that. Of course, I'll bring us to our analytics corner because what, what show would it be if not for me uh, making this a little bit convoluted with the stats? So Laura, I think the first person on our list. Yes. Cause we are doing this in numerical order. Yes. So um, get ready for this. Maybe you'll have like a, maybe your favorite player, like just kind of like keep an eye out. Like maybe you can look ahead to like think about what episode they're going to be in circle that date on your calendar. If your favorite player is Jack Roselvick, we'll see you in six weeks. Yeah. It's going to be a while. <laughs> and you're going to want to stick around all the way through that. I mean, you want to stick around anyway, but that episode's going to be hardcore because it's. <laughs> yeah. A lot of our, a lot of the prime, a lot of the prime real estate is, in regards to the Blue Jackets, picks high numbers for their jerseys. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird a little bit. So, yeah, especially the top three numbers, which are Jake Voracek, obviously, like you said, Jack Rossovic and Elvis Merzlikin. So, yes. yeah, definitely definitely going to have some content to talk about with those three players especially. But um, the first player that we have to talk about is a defensive prospect. Not really. Out of Notre Dame. <laughs> And his name is Andrew Peak. Um, Andrew Peak is finally cracked into the NHL. He had a really strong season. Uh, was one of the few Blue Jackets to play all 82 games, yep. um, which is a really cool stat for him. And especially like this is the thing about this season is like even if players didn't play all 82 games, like even players who maybe played like 60 or 70 games, like that's still so much more than any players played in the last two seasons. Yeah based on COVID stuff. And so that's to me like, but also in general with COVID being the reason why most people didn't play all 82 games, Andrew peak making it through avoiding COVID and avoiding injury as a defenseman 
is really, really impressive to be able to play all 82 games. Yeah. And I mean, being put into like some, some really important positions, obviously with some of the injuries that happened above him too. Cause he also regularly gets punched in the face. He does. And he, so, he handles it. Well, I mean, Andrew Peak one hell of a shot blocker. I don't think that we have, I'm going to look that up actually, as we're talking, just like how many shots Andrew mm. Peak blocked this season, but Laura run us down. What were his stats for this season? So, yes. And I have, my lovely notebook. Yeah, which one of us is type A, I guess? Guess mm. which one? It's Laura. Laura's the type A personality. Um, so, yeah. So, Andrew Peak, like we just said, played all 82 games, scored only two goals throughout the season, had 13 assists uh, for a total of 15 points overall, and then ended up negative 14 on the plus and minus scale, but had an impressive 60 penalty minutes. <laughs> so, and I don't think... Um, he ever had any major penalties. I think these are all minor pen penalties. So that was a total of 30 minor penalties in yeah. an 82 game season. <laughs> really good work saying discipline there from the, from the young gun, Andrew Peak. Uh, but I think a lot of that comes from, like we said, I mean, he just found himself in so many of these like gritty areas throughout the season where he was kind of like stirring the pot a little bit for the jackets. I mean, he, he was one of the players that you always found in the crease after a play. If, if he needed to be, and that was always great to see. Uh, so I really enjoyed, you know, watching him do that. I think that that was a big part of his game that developed this season. I think he became uh, – he's not an enforcer. I think that that might be a dramatic thing to say. Um, but he is one of the players, I think, for the Blue Jackets that can lean into a more physical style of play as it's of like right now. like a mini enforcer. Yeah. It's like a small version. Yeah, correct. Um, because – the what Andrew Peak gave to the team this season doesn't necessarily show up on the score sheet um, as much as it just shows up on the effort and the places that he filled in and the like kind of grittiness to him that we don't have a lot of right now mm -hmm. on the blue jackets. And so, yeah, he was always kind of the first to tussle. Um, like I said, he got punched in the face quite a bit. Um, he did. And he is not afraid to like, you know, for being 24 years old and um, still really new to the NHL, he is not afraid to confront sort of anyone on the ice, no. um, including like the big name players. Um, so he he served the Blue Jackets well. Um, and like I said in the beginning, like very impressive for him to have made it to play all 82 games. And, you know, obviously we want a little bit more but he's not necessarily the type of defenseman that's going to be contributing a lot in the no. scoring. Well, like, and and assists I, maybe, but like goals, not necessarily. Well, and I think that that's the thing moving forward that you would probably project for him is to be somebody who's paired up with a Zach Wierenski or an Adam Boquist to be the player that can be more defensively responsible in a, in a pairing that finds a player like a Zach Wierenski or an Adam Boquist who are both – I won't say they're, you know, offense first defensemen, but they're they're players that can drive the play offensively. And I think that that's where Andrew P comes into play as a really stout defender for this team. He might honestly be the best defense. Well, him or Vlad, I think him or Gabby are the two best defensive defensemen Defense on this team. Yeah, Although even, even Gabby put up points this season. So mm. um, Andrew Peake tied for fifth in the NHL this season with 169 block shots. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he was not afraid to put the body on the line. Um, I mean, right in line with players like Braden McNabb, Jacob Truba, Calvin DeHaan, uh, Ivan Provorov, and Colton Perioko. And that's what we're talking Perioko. about when we say that his effort doesn't show up on score sheets, but it was there when we needed it, um, especially when we struggled defensively. Uh, this season, obviously, the Blue Jackets giving up the most goals in franchise history uh, this season. <laughs> Not ideal. But also scoring the most, most goals. Weird year. Weird year. It was strange. But so, yeah, overall... Not a bad season for Andrew Peake. No, and he was projected to do um, a little bit better than he did. So maybe here, here's where we can drop in our little take. Here is our take back in February. Andrew Peake. Uh, so Andrew Peake, first 43 games of the season, 1-9-10. and 10. Uh, That's good for a projection of 1-8-9 for the remaining 39 games. So do you think that Andrew Peake is going to end up higher or lower? Um... I think he 
he might end up higher. I don't think it's going to be like a dramatic because I also think Andrew Peake's going to be playing more minutes. Um, Andrew Peake does so much more in his role than what gets put on the score sheet. Like, there's just so much more that he's done this season um, as far as, like, hits and just, you know, really blocked shots, like, all that sort of stuff. His willingness to tussle, um, you know. And so he's really done a lot of good things in a not-so-great situation for the Blue Jackets. So I don't know that it's necessarily going to show on the score sheet, but I think with, like we said, with Bevistrom, as people get injured I think he's going to play more minutes and so there's potential there that he will maybe go up slightly but it's not going to be anything astronomical I'm inclined to say that that's almost a perfect number but I'm not going to play that game I'm not going to do like that yep sounds great um I'll say a little bit higher too uh just because again for the same reasons that you say I think he'll play a little bit more and I think that the points will just kind of like find him all right so we were wrong (laughs) Um, but that's okay. I think that that's okay. We aren't all that far off. Obviously, like Laura said, um, you know, 15 points this season, Andrew Peak ended up, I mean, he's projected at 19. So we're only off by a little bit. Yeah. So could have been worse. Um, but nevertheless, moving on to a player. Oh, just kidding. You're, you're a teacher. You've got your little pen and paper out. It's time for you to give a grade on this final exam. Oh yeah. For Peaker. Um, so um what what say you what grade would you give andrew peak on the season i think for what andrew peak is supposed to be doing for this team and so much effort there i'm gonna give him a solid a minus this is funny because i not so we haven't really talked about our exit interviews or like roasted each other on those we'll probably do that at some point this offseason just for shits and gigs but um Laura thinks that I'm like the world's like meanest grader, apparently, because and that's probably true. I always give you shit for being a homer. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, I feel like I have the data. But um, nevertheless, uh, I am actually gonna go a little lower than you on this one. I'm gonna go B plus. There were just a couple moments, and these are the learning moments where Andrew Peak, I think, like had like really costly turnovers or things like that that I think he just needs to work on. And he will over the offseason. I think he's gonna be a much better player coming in the next season. I think he's probably gonna be in the top four. Like I like, yeah, he's definitely a player that's going to benefit from a couple more seasons in the NHL, and then we're really going to see, like, I'm not going to say his prime because he's still very young, um, but I definitely think we're going to see a much different but a much stronger player um, once he gets a couple more NHL seasons under his belt. So, but I have no doubt he'll end up either starting in the top four defensemen or he'll be there by very quickly. Um, in the coming season. Yeah, and so then we move on to Seattle's finest. Gavin Bayreuther. Who might even be a Seattle Kraken before like the start of next season. I could see that. How funny yeah, would that, that be? Yeah, that would be pretty funny. If he's a if he's a Kraken, you want to buy his jersey? Like, is that the jersey? I think we think? have to. Yeah, I do too. Um, so we did not do projections for Gavin Bayreuther uh, on he, that episode. He just hadn't played. Yeah, he hadn't played enough games. Uh, based on what we were looking off of when we did our original analysis midway through the season. But um, I think, you know, it's, it's hard because defense, obviously defensively things were not great for the blue jackets um, this season. And so Gavin Bay Ruther played 43 games in total, didn't have any goals. He had eight assists, um, which is equated to eight points on the season. And he ended up, at a wash on the plus and minus um, with just a straight up zero. Um, and he had 22 penalty minutes. So I, it was just sort of like, eh. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. And I think that this is like one of those moments where I like to lean into my little analytics corner. <laughs> I didn't do it for, for and Andrew Peake, but that's okay. I'm already going to guess that it does not shine bright on Gavin Berry. You say that, but it's actually not horrid. I mean, like, it's not good. Like, but it's not, it's not terrible. Um, offensively, he actually, like, uh, 59% above, um, like, basically, like, this is in terms of percentile. And this is courtesy of Fresh Hockey. So, if y'all, like, I mean, ever see those, like, report cards, essentially, on Twitter, like, this is who this is um so gavin bayreuther 
Um, 59% even strength offense percentile, 36th percentile with defense, which something mm-hmm. like when you're a defenseman, that's one that you probably that to be a touch higher. want to be a little bit higher. Um, you know, finishing percentage, he's a 6%. Um, so things like that. I mean, he just wasn't, I mean, when he played, he was fine, but he was a replacement level defenseman. Like, and that's what he's going to be, I think, probably for a lot of his career, which there's no shame in that. I mean, he's 28 years old. So, I mean, he's he's probably, I mean, toward the end, like, unless he can find a team that's going to, like, commit to him for a couple of seasons, a la maybe, like, the contract that, like, Michael Delzato got, like, a two-year yeah. deal. But I don't even think that that's – and that's not even fair to compare those two players. But, yeah, to me, I think we've probably seen the last of Gavin Bayrou there, I will say. Yeah, he'll um, probably be – because he's – we'll probably trade him. Well, he's – I think he's a – no, he's not. Does he have a two-year deal? If he has a two-year deal, he'll stay around. I'm not sure. Let me go look. What's his remaining life like? Um, But, yeah, he probably doesn't. I mean, I think overall we think that the Blue Jackets want to shore up us defensively. We need to do that. Um, So these sort of fringe players who came in as sort of fill-ins for whether it be injury or COVID or or whatnot, like – but didn't really put up a whole lot of points and weren't necessarily like impression makers. Like you're probably not going to stick around um, unless, you know, we're keeping them around to bring them back up from Cleveland. But like, I just don't know that Gavin Bayreuther is, is in that field of things. He's not. Um, and he has a two. So he has one more year on his contract over this season. I, I mean, I think he'll play a lot of the season in Cleveland, uh, yeah. unless he might like take a similar role to to like a Scott Harrington. I think, in terms of like, which, which be actually a bummer for him. Scott Harrington's not even on the roster. He didn't play. I don't think he played at all. I know he. We're not. We're not including him in these numbers, which is sad, um, because you know he just hasn't, which is just disappointing. But yeah, I mean, he, unless he plays in Cleveland, like that's the kind of player that I see Gavin Bayreuther being for. And I hope they do let him play in Cleveland, like um, or I, trade him. Yeah, or trade him because, I mean, if he only got a couple more years left on his career, like, it's best to let him go and see if he can find a place where he can play. And maybe his style would work better for a different kind of team than what we're going through right now and, like, our retooling. Um, But we just need to have more strong depth defensively, and I just don't know that he's going to play that role. Me either. All right, so – I'll go next with my. I'll go with my grade. Maybe mm-hmm. we can alternate who goes first each time. Okay. Uh, I gave him a D. I just don't like. He was f- fine, but again, like in a lot of moments where the Jackets really did kind of rotate in the bottom two, mm-hmm. like defensively, like it felt like they were always rotating between Gavin Bay, Ruther. They were always maybe bringing somebody in from Cleveland. They were all like Gabriel Carlson, like, and he never really stuck. And that again just felt like it was a missed opportunity for him. And especially towards the end when Nick Blankenberg came, yeah, um, a lot of those fringe players that had been seeing kind of regular ice time got benched again because uh, Nick Blankenberg had such a hot start to his. NHL career. So I think I'm going to go similarly. I think I'm going to give him a D. I think we expected a lot more from him just because of the hype. I mean, Seattle did choose him. I mean, that was just weird. It was just a strange situation. But hey, like we said, maybe he will end up back in Seattle. Um, They didn't retire his number. so They did not, which is sad. But (laughs) Nevertheless, we have uh, one Sean Corrali, which is a player that uh, you've heard us talk about on the show. Probably, you're probably sick of hearing us talk about Sean Corrali. It's no secret that he's a subjectively speaking favorite. And so, uh, I mean, looking at his season again, you know, he's a player that came in and I've said this since, you know, the beginning is he had a pretty defined role. You know, he's not not a young gun in terms of, you know, what the rest of the roster looks like. He's 29 years old. He came in with with an, a, a role assigned to him, essentially. I mean, he was brought in for four years with that in mind, that you're going to play in our bottom six and you're going to be exactly like the kind of player that we need you to be in that way. And he was lights out in that capacity all season. I would kind of refer to him as like an actively playing development coach. In some way, that I think that that's maybe fair. Because they like to put some of the young guys or someone who's struggling – 
on Sean's line. Um, and there are proven numbers that anyone who played on a line with Sean Corrales over the course of the season improved in their numbers. Um, so that speaks volumes to, you know, the, the leadership qualities that Sean holds, the sort of veteran player, veteran presence that Sean has on this team and the experience that he brings to the role that he plays. And like Jeremy said, like he very much so was given, I think he was one of the few people outside of the leadership core that was given a very specific role and he knew exactly what he needed to do with it. And similarly, and I think he would even say that he wants to improve upon this too. Like that sort of stuff doesn't show up on score sheets. Um, So I think he would like to see himself scoring a few more goals, getting a few more assists, but like he had it. I don't know what his hit number was either, but like he was also a very physical forward, not afraid to take a hit, not afraid to, you know, go after guys. Like he's not a huge guy, but he's a little bit bigger than most of our players. Um, So he, there's a lot of things on the ice that he does that don't, come back on a score sheet but i mean he's we've talked about him at length but we're huge curls fans i mean it also helps that he's homegrown coming back to his hometown to play for the jackets wants to be here and i think wants to be here for what will more than likely be the rest of his career because he's turning 30 here very shortly um so yeah, I mean, it feels like he's found exactly the kind of role that he wants to be in, and he obviously has played on a lot of teams that have had a lot of success. I mean, well, I guess when I say a lot of teams, I mean like different seasons of, of yeah. being in Boston. Um, I mean, those teams had plenty of success, uh, obviously no cups, but I mean like won quite a bit, beat us in 2019. Uh, so, you know, we'll forgive him for that because he's been a really lights-out player for us here in Columbus. But what, what again is not lights-out? is our projections Mm. for all of these players. (laughs) And so um, here are our thoughts on Sean Corelli. So a player that has, I think you and I both were surprised by, we we just like think, we say his name so often that you would think he has more points, but he doesn't. Then that's Sean Corelli. He's got eight goals, eight assists, 16 points so far in this first 43 games, uh, seven, seven, and 14 for the next 39. What do you think? I think Corrali, the reason why we think that he should have more points in this is because similarly to Andrew Peake, Sean Corrali does so much other stuff on the ice that doesn't reflect on the score sheet. Um, he pushes other players, like not pushes physically, but like, well, he does that too, but he, you know, is a voice out on the ice and he is like motivating other players. Like he's, taking big hits as a forward he's fighting as a forward like there are just so many other things that he's doing that don't get reflected on a a score sheet but um i'm gonna go higher again i don't think it'll be dramatic but i'm gonna go higher i'm hoping that he can get on a nice now this this does not mean that the team as a whole will be on a, a run of any sort but like I'm hoping that Sean Corrales as a player can get in a nice rhythm and really, really pick up some in the second half of the season. So I'm going to go higher for Sean Corrales. I think with Sean, it's like, he's not going to be as affected by any potential team dips. I think like he's a veteran. He kind of knows his role on the team. I think he's going to take that seriously. And I think part of that role is going to be leading by example. And I think that's going to be showing up in games where the Jackets need somebody to show up. And for that reason, I'm also going higher. I think 7-7-14 is a very, very modest projection for him for the rest of the season. It wouldn't surprise me to see him. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see him hit 20 goals. He's projected at 15. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Just because, again, I think he's going to be so important to this team. Yeah, we were big wrong. Yeah, and again, I mean, like (laughs) – to be fair, 
Big Wrong might be like not giving enough uh, uh, what us enough credit because I feel like uh, am I being the optimist in this episode? What's going on? Maybe, maybe he actually met exactly the projections. Like he like thirty points was what he was projected yeah. to hit, and he hit thirty. And I actually would go so far as to say that he would have been above thirty had he not been injured for the last five games of the season. And also, I would also like to remind all of you if you listen to that episode, Jeremy refused to let me give people that they were accurately rated. <laughs> Right, yeah, it was higher or lower. It was higher or lower. It was like you when you bet on the over under in a in a game, like you can't like just be like it's gonna be exactly that. Like you're gonna win no money. So we had to go for the money. No, granted, Sean's not the player that I was right, going it was to do that. Texier, so. But still, if that would have been an option, I would have maybe considered it. But uh, yeah, because I mean, like, really, I mean, thirty points for him, which is, I mean, like, was that career best? Um. I know goals were career best. It's a career best in goals. I don't think it's a career best. I'll look while you you were you were looking before. Um, cool. Yeah. So I mean, I when I think about like it, kind of goes back to when you can come in and do exactly what you are supposed to do. What's the verdict on? Um. Yes, this is his career best season. It's the most him. points um, that he's ever had in a season. It's also the most games he's ever played in a season. So um, with 77 games overall, um, the second most um, points he had was 23 in the 1920 season with Boston. But he must have had a pretty decent year of injuries that year because he only played 69 games. So, yeah. So, I mean, when you, when you look at his future ahead with the jackets, I think it's going to be a lot more of the same, but when you look at the now and you look at after the season, I think it's hard to give Sean a grade of anything other than an A, um, you know, um, this is my higher ed brain. I'd be like, I want to give him an A plus, but A pluses don't exist in real life. So I'm going to go with an A. Um, <laughs> and I, I think in terms of, you know, just meeting the expectations, going above and beyond as a leader, embracing the city of Columbus, all the things that you wanted him to do and more were achieved this season by Sean. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what the next couple of seasons look like with him. Yeah. I think I'm also going to give him an A um, basically for everything that Jeremy said, but also because he quickly jumped into sort of more of the community aspect of things that were suddenly very missing with the absence of Kay Atkinson. Um, so for that part of it too, I think Sean took that role and was like, yes, please let me talk about the place that I grew up and that I love. And um, so I think we're going to be seeing Sean Crowley's face a lot um, over the course of the next few years, because he is going to become kind of like, Mr. Columbus a little bit. So well, I think that is absolutely something you can bet on. And Laura, there's another thing you can bet on. You know what that is? DraftKings. Yeah, yeah. You can bet on DraftKings Sportsbook because hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. I mean, can you argue with that so far, the way that things have been going? I don't think you can. There's nothing like playoff hockey. Not a thing. And there's also nothing like DraftKings because new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. They can win or they can lose. And guess what? They're guaranteed to do one or the other. Um, so if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs, DraftKings Senge Parlays, you can do exactly that. Um, create your own parlay by combining results, um, by combining you know how many goals someone's going to score, and more because it is your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So speaking of details, um, we get to get into the details of one Zach Wierenski season, number eight for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, we've got a little bit of a Hail to the Victors Michigan theme coming up with our next two uh you know, picks. And so um, just to get it out of my system, I got to give like an OH, just to, like cleanse my body. You know what I mean? I Thank you so much. And so, yeah, we, we go into Zach and uh, 
Laura, tell us a little bit about Zach Lorensky's season. Yeah, so Zach uh, played 68 games this season, uh, had a total of 11 goals, 37 assists for a total of 48 points, um, and he ended up negative 15 on the plus and minus, and then had a total of 22 penalty minutes. So this is – Zach has always obviously had – um, way better seasons in his career. No, I don't even want to say way better, but like he's had um, some top tier seasons in his career. Um, he definitely got sidelined quite a bit uh, with injury. His poor face, his poor face just really took so many hits from pucks and sticks and sometimes visors of helmets. Um, so that is really, and he did have COVID. Um, so that is really, it is a lot on a player. Um, add all of that into taking on a brand new role as part of the leadership team, as our number one defenseman in also trying to, Phil, if not overcast the shadow of Seth Jones um, and go to his very first, well, it wasn't his first, but his first, like him being nominated yeah. for the all-star seat for the all-star game. Um, it's been a roller coaster ride for Zach Rowensky this year. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of things have gone well. But I think I'm not alone, and Zach would definitely agree that he expects more of himself. And I think whatever he decides to work on over the summer once his face heals um, is going to make him even more prepared to come back at the start of the season. Well, and I think the thing that sucks about Zach Lorensky, because I don't necessarily disagree with you, I think there are areas of his game that could have been better, but like... Zach has become such a solid player in Columbus and he's become such a, a really just great defenseman that we, we talk about that and we say like, there are things that maybe could have been better, but this was his career best in points this season. Like he had 48 points, which was one point better than his rookie season when he had 47, uh, which was his career best. Now, obviously didn't score as many goals as we're used to from Zach. And maybe that's where some of that deficiency lies. And maybe that's where people will hold that against him. And I can understand that. But overall, like to finish with with forty eight points. And... I mean, thirty seven assists is nothing to no. sneeze at. Like no. that's an impressive number. And the other piece of this too is like as the Jackets like power play continues to get better and all that kind of stuff. Like his numbers are going to get better because he will, as long as he's in Columbus. I would assume he will quarterback the first power play, right? So it's like I can't imagine that that number doesn't also go up as far as like the playoff or uh, pl uh, power play points that he has in a season. Yes, so. because I mean, just I mean, Zach was never out for super long stretches of time. He was always out for like a week or two, right? Um, based on what part of his face was injured, um, and but those time those moments that we were without him, our power play was. Not great. Not great. Um, he is definitely the anchoring point for that first power play group. Um, and if he can, you know, stay consistently healthy and, and obviously we want to build up other people to have backup for this situation. Yeah. But I mean, if he can stay consistently healthy and, you know, we work out a few other kinks, like our power play could definitely start to really take off. Yeah. No. Without a doubt. Um, and so for one last time during this episode, take a listen to how Laura and I were wrong. We've got uh, not Jack Warensky. Who's that? Don't know him. Zach <laughs> Warensky, uh, who, you know, 6, 19, 25, and 41 games played. I mean, honestly, um, you know, for his, his play, I, I think he would probably say he would like to see that be higher. Um, but that's good for 6, 18, and 24. So roughly the same in the second half of the season. Again, this is a player that I'm, I don't want to say I'm smashing the higher button on, but, you know, 12 goals in a season for Zach Wierenski is, is low for him. Like, it's not, it's not, I think, what he's looking for out of himself. And so for that reason, you know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to step it up. I mean, in his career, um, the only time he scored, I mean, he scored 11, 16, 11, 20, and then last year, seven, but he played 35 games. 
Uh, and then this year, obviously, he's got six and 41. I don't know. I just think that he's going to be higher uh, than 24. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going higher. I think that um, as of late with the performance that the Blue Jackets have had, I think that's really been affecting him in a way. You know, he's he's taken on this new le- leadership role. He's signed on to be with the Blue Jackets for a very long time, a good majority of his career. Um, and I think this situation with the All-Star Weekend, I really think is going to bring us kind of a new and refreshed version of Zach. A Zach that is a little bit more confident in who he is as a player and as a leader. Um, and as someone who has been able to step outside of the shadow of his former uh, line mate um, and create a bit of his own, his own energy. So I think the second half of the season it holds a lot of potential for Zach. So I'm going to say higher. All right. And so hopefully less of that happens in the future episodes <laughs> where we have to admit fall and admit uh, defeat. Yeah. Uh, so far we look real dumb in this episode. Not great. It's not great, <laughs> y'all. But uh, I think some of that can be, intru- I, I, the jacket's also like back half of the season, not as great as the first part. Right. right. I think we all can agree with that. Um, and so obviously that's part of it. Although, like you said, highest scoring season in team history, which again is just fascinating because you don't have a ton of players. We had quite a few players that had quite a few goals. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but um nobody's really like, you're not looking at a point per game player on this team. You're not looking at players like that. So it's just like a little bit of a fascinating. We do have one. Well, I mean like, I'm thinking like 80, 80 plus yes. points. Um, so yeah, when I, when I look at this, I, um, I'm nothing but optimistic about, about those first four players that we talked about on this show. Um, but one more grade to give. Well, I guess two. I'm going to cheat on the second one, just so you're clear. I'm um, just so we're clear on that. But oh, okay. yeah, just be ready for that. Um, but Would you uh, like me to go first yeah, in go Zach's ahead. grade? Um, so I'm going to give Zach... I'm going to give Zach a B plus. Um, just because, like, with everything that he had to take on and the challenges, and, like, I really do think he handled it well... Um, I just do think there are a few, there are a few things that we can shore up and like that he himself has said that he wants to work on. And I think as far as like, he's still finding his way as a leader on this team. Um, and that's a big adjustment for any young player and coming out of the the tandem situation that he was in with Seth Jones, like, you know, I think he's seen what it's like now for a whole year to play without Seth and to know what it's like to be the number one defenseman on this team. And now that he has that under his belt, like, I think next year it's going to be aces. Like, I just, I really think he's going to come into his own next year. So for now, I give him a B plus. Yeah. And I think for a lot of the same reasons, I'm going to give him an A minus. I think just in terms of really that last part of like how much I didn't miss Seth Jones this season. Like that to me is in a lot of ways due to the play of Zach Wierenski and kind of going back to the analytics corner. <laughs> um, Zach is like a really, really strong analytically. And I think a lot of people like when Zach signed his extension, like pointed to the analytics that were and they were like, this is the guy that you're signing for that many dollars and that many years. Yes. Yeah. That is all the, the guy. Dollars. That is all the dollars and all the years. And so uh, I mean, he's like at eighty-seven percent above replacement. So I mean, he's he's winning the Jackets games theoretically by being a real. I mean, like offensively, like one of the better defensemen in the league. Mm. Um, but defensively, like getting better. Like uh, I think that was a critique on his game from the start of his career, and now I think if we look at it, things have gotten a lot stronger. But for him to be just like outshining Seth Jones in a lot of ways, Seth Jones went crazy on assists this season. Like, don't get me wrong, like he had a lot of points, but when you look at Again, like just like the analyst, I think Seth Jones is like a 50% wins above replacement, which is just like, I mean, 87 to 50% is like a pretty sizable. We're not talking like 87 to like 81. Like we're yeah, talking no, like. That's, that's a sizable difference. So. so I think the Jackets are definitely happy to be in the situation that they're in with the player that they're with. So I'm going to give Zach an A minus. Awesome. So 
Then we move on to the player that um, flipping a page on my notes. <laughs> Turn the page. Who sings that song? I can't remember. Turn the page. Yeah. Who is no that? Oh my god! I'll remember it in the middle of talking about our next player, which is Ken Johnson. Ken Johnson uh, became a Columbus Blue Jacket at the beginning of April, when ish, mm -hmm. beginning ish of April, when the Michigan Wolverines lost in the Frozen Four. Uh, to the University of Denver. And so uh, for, for Kent, obviously disappointing to not win an NCAA championship, but nevertheless, still time to start his NHL career along with another player that we'll talk about later in the series. Actually, quite a ways away. Um, <laughs> you know that he chose, a much, he chose a much higher number. He did, he did. So we'll talk about him in a few weeks. But uh, when we look at Ken Johnson, Laura, uh, obviously I don't think that the numbers are where you need to look primarily to start this conversation, but I will let you tell us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, Kent played nine games. Um, he had zero goals, but three assists, which equals three points. He ended up plus two on the plus and minus and had two penalty minutes. So in nine games, there. <laughs> yeah, I know in his, I don't know. We decided it was Nick who got a penalty in his I first think game. So. I, yeah, um, the, the kids took their penalties pretty early. They did. Uh, but, you know, Kent Johnson is someone we've all been watching and waiting um, for his debut as a Blue Jacket since July 23rd of 2021 when we drafted him fifth overall. Um, and I don't think that you can look at what he was able to accomplish and – how he was on the ice and how he started to adjust to playing in the NHL over it, these last. It was his first game. Oh, it was yeah. um, over these last nine games and really have much to say that would be negative. Like these, when you have, when you sign up to scratch a player's first year of eligibility in their contract to play, play nine games you're really just doing it so that you can see how he reacts you can see how he's starting to read the ice because as we've said before a million times over it is very different to play in the nhl versus playing in juniors or in college level hockey so i think his adjustment went as well as could be expected i think that they have i'm not going to say a long list but they have like a solid list of things for him to work on over the course of the offseason, um, he is currently right now playing for Team Canada um, in the World Championship. So, I mean, he hasn't stopped or slowed down no. since the moment we drafted him. Um, and it's definitely going to be a big summer for Kent. Um, but I'm I'm very happy with how his first nine games went. And I think the future is bright. And he's definitely, hopefully, going to be a big part of the success that we hope to see this team have over the next few years. He needs to put a little weight on. That's the thing. I was going to say, yeah. When you said that there are things that the Jackets are hoping he does. That's top of the list yeah, is that he put some weight on. Correct. Uh, eat. Yeah. Eat a lot um, of protein specifically. Um, protein and fat. A lot of, lot of beef and chicken. and. Yeah. He's... His... I'm assuming his mom is going to be um, basically loading up the grill all summer once he returns from Finland. Maybe he can get a hold of Jake Bean's girlfriend for some of those chicken cutlets. Yeah, they can share chicken cutlets. <laughs> that might be a different conversation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Ken Johnson is a player that we all know has tremendous playmaking abilities. And I think yes. that that goes beyond the numbers, like we said, of of really where we saw him succeed this season. I mean, a lot of those things didn't necessarily materialize into to Bucks finding the back of the net, but I think that you're seeing that you're only a, a few tweaks away from that really starting to materialize. And as we record this show, uh, he's got a goal already in uh, Team Canada's uh, journey to uh, win the World Championships this season, um, along with Cole Cylinder and Pierre Luc Dubois, which four out of and five Josh goals. Josh Anderson. Well, I was going to say well, four out of the five goals from Team Canada in their first matchup came from Blue Jackets draft pick. So how about that? We always talk about how many Canadians we don't really have on this team, and now we're like Team Canada all the way. But, uh, yeah, Ken Johnson, a player that I know you and I are both really looking forward to. Um, talk to me about – what your grade is for Kent. 
Oh, it's me. I guess it's me. Yeah. Well, it's an A for me. I mean. See, I was cheating. I was going to say mine is an I. Like, it's an incomplete. Oh, an incomplete. Okay. We can go with that. No. It's only nine games. That's why I'm like, it's hard. I, I, You know, but, like, with what we saw, like, I would say, like. I would say his season in Michigan, his efforts at the Olympics, um, like, his efforts at the short-lived World Juniors that only lasted a week because of COVID. Um. I mean, this kid is balancing everything yeah, and seemingly doing it very well. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm sticking with my guns. Kent, Kent's getting an A. Fair. I'll give him an A as well for the for the time served. But um, yeah, I mean, those are our first five. Woohoo! Look at us. This is going to be a lot of fun to break this down. Five down, 25 to go. There were a lot of these bastards that played. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about most of them. Uh, so this is also where we, like, say, like, pour one out for, like, Max Domi, who's out here winning playoff series for the Carolina Hurricanes and things like that. Because we aren't going to talk about him in this series. But, um, yeah, that's a player that comes to mind, too. But we're we happy should, for him. We should spend an entire episode talking about Gregory Hoffman. How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah, we should definitely. I forget that this that was this season. That's, to me, where I'm, like, this season was so long. Like, when like we talked about, like, you know, in our first, like, like recap, where we were, like, you were, like, this season felt so fast. I'm, like, Gregory Hoffman played for this team during the season. And that, to me, symbolizes how long it was. <laughs> like... Yeah, because was Miko Lightning this season too? Miko Lightning didn't return this season. That's he, like, right. Yeah. He like went AWOL and never showed up. Because that was like one of the few trades we made last year is we traded Vinny Vivalainen. Yeah. Which is like such a badass name. He's not even in the NHL anymore. Like he's playing all overseas. Uh, I think in the cage. Good for him. Yeah. Um. So he's not playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which lost again. Lost again. Ruined I, part of my bracket. I will say, part of me, I think it's funny for the Jackets to be included in that narrative of the whole, like, the Maple Leafs never getting out of the first round. Because I don't really, I don't, I know some Blue Jackets fans do because you want to say, like, the whole, like, winning another playoff series thing. I don't really consider the play-in round, like, a playoff series necessarily. Like, I think the Jackets kept Tampa out, or Toronto out of the playoffs that year. Um, yeah. But people include the blue jackets in this narrative of like being one of the teams that keeps <laughs> Toronto from winning because, and again, like in a, like winner take all game, a game five in that case, cause it's the best of five series, not a best of seven, but yeah. Uh, yeah. The jackets did it. Uh, the Boston Bruins famously do it quite often. And now you can add the, jeez, uh, I do it. These teams, the names start the same letter T the and they the wear the jersey. same damn colors. And it's just so confusing. I keep messing it up. But yes, the freaking Tampa Bay Lightning bested the Toronto Maple Leafs in round one. So they will be advancing to round two to hope to absolutely be facing off against Florida Panthers in what will be the Battle of Florida in round two. It's going to be a lot of playoffs. fun. I can't wait to watch that series. But uh, you might even be able to see us do some more live streams uh, with the network to uh, cover some of these games. So make sure you're subscribing to the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube because you'll yeah. know when we're going live. Because if you haven't seen us do a live one yet, they're very entertaining. We have fun. Um, especially if you catch us having to cover a West Coast game uh, and be again, up right? until depending on how far Edmonton. No, no. I'm Makes okay. It. I'm good. I'm afraid of it. Or your beloved blues. Oh, they're just one hour behind. So not as bad. Yeah, Calgary thing too. Yeah. So Calgary wouldn't be great. Um, nevertheless, uh, <laughs> it will be a lot of fun. So you want to check us out there. Uh, and Laura, Laura's even got her some fans, y'all. I started the last one a little late because Laura and Steven were um, – were recording their exit interview. And the amount of people that said, where's Laura? I said, okay, yeah, fuck me, I guess. It's weird, though. There are some people that will, even though when we're both on, there are people that will direct questions just to me, which I think is crazy. I will say in the last one, it was because they asked me that first. And then oh. like when you came in, like they really needed your feedback on things. Mm. So, well, at least they didn't forget to ask about no, for my were, feedback. Then. They were super into your feedback, which I love. I think maybe, I have a lot of strong opinions about jerseys. I think people might have a crush on you, Loki. I think there's some people. That's interesting. I, I do. I think that there might be. Nobody has a crush on me, though, which is kind of sad. <laughs> Because I'm on the market. 
I am also on the market. I know, but I'm like, I'm not above dating somebody who uh, subscribes to a YouTube channel, whereas I think you might be. <laughs> I think that maybe. But hey, at least we didn't get masked if we're married this time. So that was growth. That was growth. That was growth. Yeah, that was improvement. The girls who know, no. <laughs> the girls who don't, don't ask us if we're married. Yep. <laughs> um, Which is fine. It happens. It is. It does. Um, I like how it's like marriage, though. Like, I like how yeah, it's not they, like any other never, thing. It's like, are, are you, you whole dating? Ass, are you, whole are ass you married? married? I. It's not like I have a ring on ever. It's not like, like I can afford one. That's true. But We uh, owe money to the government. So <laughs> I was told I was told uh this weekend in talking to somebody who works in accounting that we could just ask nicely and to that, not owe money to the government and that they might like be okay with it. If we could do that, that would be great because I would like to not send that money that we're getting to the government. Yeah, that's my hope. That's no. that's also my hope. Uh yeah, he is actually a uh tax attorney. Does he just want to handle it for us? I don't think so. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't think we can afford a tax attorney, to be frank. But nevertheless, uh, that's going to wrap up this one for you guys. Next episode, you're going to want to keep it locked because we're covering um, the seasons of Gus Nyquist, Justin Danforth, Jake Bean, Brennan Gauntz, and Adam Boquist. So a lot of really good names there, kind of bouncing around positionality. Um, and so it, positionality, I don't know why I'm being dramatic. I haven't gotten a goalie yet. Really won't get a goalie until the third, <laughs> fourth one. So so if you're here for goalies, you've got some time. But you damn well better listen to all of these episodes. <laughs> there will be a quiz. And if you fail, there will, <laughs> there will be. How fun would that be? What if we did reading comprehension quizzes, but like listener comprehension questions and like whoever got the highest scores and then like got some merch? I think people would stop listening. I think it'd be fun. I think I'd enjoy it. <laughs> okay. For free merch? Maybe. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I say nevertheless a lot. You do. I do. Sometimes when we record these, I clock when I'm doing those things. And, and then sometimes he clocks when I do things and then tells me about them so that I have a complex for the rest of my life. But I think that that's authentic. Like, I think that that's, like, totally fair. Like, that we, like, do that to each other. I guess. I think it is. But we hope that you all will join us for those episodes. And obviously we're not just going to be posting episodes and that's it. You know, we will all still interact with you on Twitter and all those kind of places. So Laura, as you all know, is in fact the queen of telling you where to follow us. And so who am I to take that away from her? So I shall absolutely not do that. And I shall throw it to you, my friend, to tell Thank the good you. folks where they can find us. Yes. The content does not stop with episodes. We are still going to be providing just as much stuff um outside of the episodes as we have been during the season so please follow us on social media you can follow us on twitter and instagram at subjectively pod you can follow us on facebook and youtube at subjectively speaking uh, if you want to check out our website and learn a little bit more about us and our friendship not marriage you can <laughs> check out our website <laughs> subjectively speaking.com um, if you want to help us pay our potential tax bill and or contribute to our trip to Finland in the fall, please check out our merch store, subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. Pick yourself up some merch. We are hopefully, once we get around to talking about it, going to have some new merch coming up over the course of this off season. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. If you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars it is our favorite number um and again we don't know why it matters but it does help us get noticed and brings more people to our little hockey community but other than that we just love and appreciate you all so much that we do and before our next recap we hope that you all are taking care of yourselves or taking care of each other and we will talk to you so so soon next tuesday even is when we'll talk to you next time so make sure you keep it locked bye